Hello, babies. Welcome to Earth. It's hot in the summer and cold in the winter. It's round and wet and crowded. At the outside, babies, you've got about a hundred years here. There's only one rule that I know of, babies. God damn it. You've got to be kind. That's a Vonnegut quote from God bless you, Mr. Rosewater. And the only way I could think to ring in my 41st year and to do an episode about this time and and this halfway point through this year of making something happen or what the fuck ever, because it's life and things happen, uh, was to do a Vonnegut show. That's right. We're going to do 41 in seven Vonnegut quotes. And that just seemed like the natural quote to begin with. Hello, babies. Welcome to Earth. Right. It's hot in the summer and cold in the winter. It's round and wet and crowded at the outside. Baby, you've, you've got about 100 years here. There's only one rule that I know of babies. God damn it. You've got to be kind. As I get older, I begin to recognize a, a number of parallels between me and Vonnegut. Not all of them. We're not perfect matches. I, I would never I, I don't even know if I believe in reincarnation, but if I did, I certainly would never make the the claim that I'm the reincarnated Vonnegut, partially because he was alive when I was born. So I'm I'm pretty sure that kind of deviates that. I don't know. Maybe Scientology has an exception. Who knows? But I notice a lot of him. And more importantly, I notice that his wisdom, like his wit, his witticisms, the things he said, got to me. So I wanted to share those with you in kind of this this moment of, of like digging into my head and exploring what I think of and, and where I'm going in my 41st year, because I've, I've kind of gone. I started as a poet and then a playwright and then a poet again. And, and now I'm I'm short stories. Uh, novels and and creative nonfiction and probably this year more creative nonfiction not for any like strategic reason or business reason but because it's where I feel pulled but we'll get to that we'll get to that basically let's just look at these quotes and, and just maybe one of these rings to you they ring to me right you know, I, I think about the world that we live in and, and the places that I've been in on and I think about the great wisdom that I've picked up from these things and and so one of my favorites, let's go to quote number two. We're just going to kind of do this pell-mell, guys. It's just going to be a little choppy, and, and I, I don't care. I think that's fine. Quote two, we are what we pretend to be, so we must be careful about what we pretend to be. From Mother Night. Shit, isn't that true? Like, think about it, right? Like, we live in this social media society. You know, I talk about personal brands and everything else. Like, we are what we pretend to be. Be careful what you're pretending to be. Be careful how much you're putting out onto you. You know, be careful what you're representing yourself as. These, These things not only have consequences for other people, but for ourselves, right? If If, if you're suffering... And you pretend you're fine. I mean, shit, that hurts. And I know I've done it. This might be one of my favorite pieces of advice ever. You know, sincerely, you know, be careful what you pretend to be, what we pretend to be. I mean, we're always kind of pretending to be something to be bigger, right? We kind of want to be more. 
you know, we're, we're an entrepreneur, but we're not going to say like, I'm, I'm hustling my ass off and I work a retail job to, to afford it. Like we're always putting on the suit and going out and pretending to quote my good friend biz. It's, it's all models and bottles guys. Like that's, it's not though. It's not. And, and so we pretend these things and I don't think we, we realize what they are. You know, I even think about the Capitol riots and all and, 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 you know, people getting maced and all and going, what happened? I can't believe, oh, I'm getting arrested. Right. We are what we pretend to be. Pretend to be a revolutionary. You're probably going to get treated like revolutionaries do around the world. You know, when you don't actually overthrow something, you get arrested. You know, I mean, that, that's a whole deep conversation we could get to, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, that I want to dig into those. Although maybe I will, I'll, I'll step in it with another mother night quote. So quote number three, I feel like I'm doing a fucking countdown show quote number three. There are plenty of good reasons for fighting, but no good reason ever to hate without reservation to imagine that God almighty himself hates with you too. It's also from mother night, which is one of my favorite Vonnegut novels. Um, yeah, boy, that just kind of clicks into that first one, right? Plenty of good reasons for fighting. No good reason ever to hate without reservation to imagine that God almighty himself hates with you too. I'm 41 years old. And for most of my life, I, I honestly can't say I've really hated anybody for a thing that they were. I, I hate people for their actions, and that's probably dumb, um, you know. But again, that's kind of individual actions and individual things. I don't know. This is, yeah, we're just kind of exploring quotes. That's that's really all I'm doing. I know this is a weird episode. I'm supposed to have some like motivational speech for you, but I, I kind of don't. Vonnegut sort of says it all right there, doesn't he? There are plenty of good reasons to hate for fighting, but no good reason ever to hate without reservation. To imagine that God Almighty himself hates with you, too. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think we get caught up in our own heads. We get caught up in our stuff. We get caught up. I, I, I dig deep into this whole grifting thing. It's a subject matter I write about. And this grift on the right, uh, the far right. Let's not call it the right. Like, and then like try to label and, and delineate shit. Like, let's just say it. This this group of grifters that feed a very certain narrative that, that somehow everything's gone to shit and it's terrible. And you got to hate so-and-so or hate so-and-so or hate so-and-so. And it's just, it's just asinine. You know, it just is. Let's get to a happier quote. Let's go to quote number four. Quote number four. Let's be happier. And I urge you to please notice when you are happy and exclaim or murmur or think at some point, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. It's from a man without a country. Um, yeah, God, this, this Vonnegut quote and me are best friends. We really are, right? Like years ago, I, I thought money meant, you know, or I thought happiness meant money, awards, recognition, something, right? I think we all do. We're taught to think that, right? Who's happy at the end of the Super Bowl? Tom Brady's happy at the end of the Super Bowl. When will Tom Brady retire from football? When he doesn't suck. That was kind of his notorious quote back in the day. 
or, or when he starts to suck, whatever. It, it, it's kind of a meaningless quote. But again, it's this kind of American hyperdrive to success and wealth and this and that. And the bigger your house and the better it is and the more keeping up with the Joneses. And when do we ever stop? I just notice that we're happy and be like, oh, this is nice. This is good. This is this is my my hinge point. Right? It's funny as I get older, I have people who are like, is, has it been successful? I'm like, well, I think so. I think it's been successful. I get up, I write. Sometimes about, you know, things I see. Sometimes about shit I make up. And other times about plumbing or stucco. Uh, <laughs> you know, possibly about like therapy or, or, or cosmetic treatments. You'd be amazed the stuff that comes across my desk. But it's nice. It's nice to just sit down and write words. It's nice to just be a working writer. Not a Nobel Prize winner, not Stephen King with his bay of books at every bookstore, just working as a writer. Doesn't mean I, I wouldn't like to be in that position, too. I don't know. I've never been there. It just means I know that right now where I'm at, where I'm at is something that, that I'm happy with. This is a place I'm happy to be. It is, man. It's it's so important to be happy with where you are. Right? It, it It's so important to be able to recognize and go, this is nice. That's a great phrase. That's maybe the most undervalued phrase in human language. This is nice. Because then we, we came up with this bullshit line in movies in the 80s and 90s. It was like, I don't want nice. I want great. I'm good with nice. I'm good with nice. I want great. Everything must be phenomenal. And then when it doesn't get there, what do you do? You know, I, I read a really sad story uh, the other day related to this stock market, Robinhood commercial trading stuff about a lawsuit being filed against Robinhood from two parents whose son got involved in investing and thought he was going to make a lot of money and there was a miscommunication and he thought he owed a ton of money and he ended up committing suicide. And I don't want to get into the weight of the case or, or who's to blame or not. A suicide is a, is a tragic event. A death is a tragic fucking event, guys. We tend to forget that. We tend to look at it and be like, oh man, you know, the, the young woman who was killed breaking into the Capitol, however misguided her thoughts and beliefs and actions were, the fact that she's dead is a tragic event. Get Wrap your mind around that for a minute. You know, the fact that this young man killed himself at like 20 years old because of this debt or perception of debt that turned out to not actually be real is really tragic. And I can't help but wonder, like, why was he tr trying to get these six figure numbers, these seven figure numbers? Right. Was he just chasing that monetary success? And I don't know, like the, the story didn't go deep into it, and I'm not trying to speculate too much. But, but that's the question, right? Do we get involved in this stuff? Are we all just chasing like, great, it must be amazing, instead of just stopping and going, this is nice. Right, last year I went to Disney World with my girlfriend for my birthday. It was an awesome trip. It was incredible. This year we, we went to the South Carolina Aquarium because there's a fucking pandemic happening, in case you hadn't noticed. And 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 it was it was good. It was nice. I enjoyed it. I had a nice, calm, relaxing birthday weekend with very little to do. It was nice. There's something to be said for things being nice.
and stopping and taking that moment when we're happy and going, this is nice. This is nice. So let's see, that was quote four. I got, I got three more to go and I'm actually kind of trying to figure out which one I want to say first. You know what? I think I'm going to go here. I think I figured it out. The arts are not a way to make a living. They are a very human way of making life more bearable. Practicing an art, no matter how well or badly, is a way to make your soul grow, for heaven's sake. Sing in the shower, dance to the radio, tell stories, write a poem to a friend, even a lousy poem. Do it as well as you possibly can. You will get an enormous reward. You will have created something. That's phenomenal and true. We tend to think of the reward in terms of financial success, but how often do we just think of the reward in creating the thing? Just writing the little love poem. Valentine's Day is coming up, everybody. Just writing the little love poem for our significant other. Just that one. No matter how good or bad, how often have we thought the reward was just in creating the thing? That's it. That quote was from A Man Without a Country. It's a phenomenal book. Another one of my Vonnegut favorites. You can probably tell which one are my Vonnegut favorites right now. Yeah. You know, there there you go. Like, like get out there and, and create something. That's that's the whole benefit. Like, I cook. I like cooking. And I don't like cooking because I'm not going to be on, like, Master Chef and go, I'm the greatest home cook. Look at my plating. I like cooking because I like that at the end of it, I've created something. There's a meal I get to eat. I'm working on building a garden in my backyard of the townhouse. I, I share with my girlfriend. Why? Because I want to create something. Right? I, I want to create things. Yeah. Uh, you know, arts aren't a way to make a living. You might every once in a while do it. I know there's coaches right now going, Matt, don't say never. Manifest your success. No, I'm serious. I've been in this game a long time. This is no way to make a living. It's not. Uh, marketing pays. That's that's what I do otherwise. Marketing pays well. Being a doctor pays well. Being a lawyer pays well. Um, you know, actually, I have a buddy who made a pretty decent living starting as a garbage man. Believe it or not, the military paid too. Um, but that that's the point, right? Like, it's. It, it, I've said this before. You probably shouldn't be in the arts if you're like, going to get rich. Going to get rich. I, I honestly have questions if you built your company to dominate, slay, and get rich. Like, it kind of, I kind of worry if that's your sole motivation. And I say that because if that's, here we go, get ready. Matt Witticism incoming. Incoming witticism alert. Incoming pithy saying alert. Be ready. Get ready to quote me. Here we go. Because to be honest with you, if making money is your soul like motivation, then I kind of wonder where your soul is. Nap, nap, did you get it? Did you get it? Incoming witticism, witty, pithy sayings, pithy, pithy sayings. Yeah, that's it's true, though, right? Like just just practice an art color sketch with colored pencils badly. Draw a blue duck. Thank you, Billy Madison. You know, write a bad poem, sing in the shower, dance your little dances. I, I notoriously dance around my, my townhouse. You will never see them. They are not for you. They are not for you. But do those things. You never know. You might do those things and they might make you happy. They might be nice. And if they're nice, that might reveal a level of happiness, which might actually make life nice which might make you feel successful at living life because life has become 
Nice. I'm, I'm going to indoctrinate you with this, right? This is that whole, like, I'm subliminally trying to come into your head and go, nice. We're going to be nice. Things that are nice because we like to be nice and have a nice life. All right, I'm done. I'm done. So that was quote number five. Quote number five. The arts are not a way to make a living. All right. Let's go to quote number six. A great one, a great one. Quote number six. It's a doozy. It's a favorite. You ready? And I asked myself about the present, how wide it was, how deep it was, how much was mine to keep. That's Vonnegut in Slaughterhouse Five. And and really think about that for a minute because we talk about being present, being in the moment and presence. And and, and I think sometimes in the modern world, whether we're artists or entrepreneurs or whatever, we, we think about what is ours and this is my moment and things. We think in terms of ourselves. But I really love this because think about it, how wide it was, how deep it was, and how much was mine to keep. Moments pass you by, you'd be amazed how quickly that time will flow away from you. And I think there's wisdom in looking at the moment and asking those questions, how wide it was, how deep it was, and how much is actually yours to keep. I don't know. I don't I don't think I can say anything more on that. I think it's time to uh, I think it's time to go to number seven and just wrap this up. So this final quote is is also from a man without a country, and I think of this a lot lately, the older I get and with kind of the common political discourse and everything else going on and and, you know, wanting to return to an older America or a newer America or this America or that America. I don't know. And I thought when I when I left with the military, I thought I knew what America was. And then I went over and I was exposed to more of America and more of what America does in the world. And, it, you know, the, the funny thing about getting to be 41 is I feel like now at the age I'm at and continuing forward, wisdom has started kicking in and will grow further because now I have a lot of shit to regret. I have things I've done badly and things I've done well, and I have lessons that I've learned, and I'm I'm just old enough to understand that I might need to internalize some of that crap. So I feel like I'm getting wise. So I think about all this and everyone talking about what is America and what is this and what is that, and 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 here you go. Here's here's quote number seven. So the America I loved still exists. If not in the White House or the Supreme Court or the Senate or the House of Representatives or the media, the America I love still exists at the front desks of our public libraries. It's Vonnegut and a man without a country. There's a lot of reasons I love that quote. There's a lot of things it brings to mind. But here's the thing I want to I wanna challenge with. Read, imagine, consume for yourselves. I tell you, I research a lot in that grifting part of the of the world. I see a lot of that stuff. And a lot of it is people reading news articles and videos and podcasts for you and telling you what they say and telling you what you should think. 
the America I love is in the public library where we have all of these words and all of this speech and all this information to read and think on for ourselves. It's amazing that in a time when we argue about the freedom of wearing a mask or going into a restaurant or walking down the street or this or that because of pandemics and public safety and all this bullshit, right? When we're worried about did our guy win the election or did our guy lose the election? Like, it's amazing that in all of that, we forget that so many of us got rid of that right to think for ourselves. And the government didn't come and take it away from you and politicians didn't legislate it out of existence. You gave it up yourself. See, I'm, I'm talking about seven Vonnegut quotes that, that I love at 41. But I had to find them. You know how I found them? Because I've read all of these books. Because when I was young and searching and unsure where I was going to go, there was Vonnegut with a mustache a quirked little smile and stories about incredible stuff or tragic stuff happening to people. You know, I read about ice nine. I read about betrayal. I read about a man so accurate with a gun. He can never miss. I read about bombings. But over the years, those things that I read and those things that I thought, and the more I thought about it, it got to the point where now that I'm 41, I want to create a little bit more. And I want to be a little bit kinder. And I want to love everybody that's in proximity to be loved. That's from another Vonnegut quote. You can go find that one for yourselves. Uh, (laughs) It's true, though. I want to just do a little better at 41. Take a step out of the rat race. Because you're not rats, you're people. So think about it. What would your seven quotes from someone be? Or are they from different people? What's shaped you? Why do you think what you think? What's important and honestly, when's the last time you thought about it? How's life and when's the last time, again, to kind of crib from the master himself, when's the last time you just sat there and went, this is nice. Point of fact, sitting at this microphone, I'm going to be honest with you. This is nice. Until next time, I'm Matt, a working writer, and this has been another confession. I'll talk to you all next week.